most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybond of the Action Network. And this is our rookie quarterback fantasy preview episode for 2023. We're going to draft our top eight rookie QBs by ADP value for this year. And that's essentially drafting the top eight rookie quarterbacks. Uh, And uh, to do it with me is one of the top fantasy rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what is going on? How was your Hall of Fame game? Uh, Hall of Fame game was great. Uh, I actually hit my first bet, the Jets' first half. Uh, But then, regrettably, in-game, I took the over uh, 37.5, and it just missed by a half point. That that late uh, non-PI call was infuriating. Uh, I also thought that they would play Strebler a little bit more. They played Mm -hmm. Tim Boyle for, like, the entire second quarter, the entire third quarter. So that was a bummer. Uh, that, That was my whole plan was to fade him. And I ended up needing him to do things, which didn't turn out well. How about you? Yeah, I just I just had one bet. It was the over, uh, and so I hit. Uh, but it, I, that's not a usual thing for me betting overs in in the preseason. But yeah, right. I thought the Jets quarterbacks would actually do more, but it turned out our boy uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson kind of saved yeah. us with a bunch of just baller ass plays. But uh, we'll we'll talk about him probably on this pod because we're gonna. Yeah, we're going to draft. Yeah. So we'll draft eight rookie quarterbacks, uh, and uh, we'll kind of do it the way we did uh, for our running back and receiver episodes, which are out now. We'll go back and forth, so no snake draft. Um, you want to go first for this one, or you want to go first for our tight end uh, pod? You, you, uh, you can go first on this one. Okay, so number one quarterback who's going to beat their ADP. I got to go uh, Bryce Young at QB24 here. Uh, because Anthony Richardson is the QB 13, and we're using uh, basketball 1080p over the last two weeks. Uh, Anthony Richardson is the QB 13, but there's just less there's just less way to go up, and I think Young may actually start uh, a couple extra games over Richardson. So I, I got to go Young here. I thought he was the best quarterback uh, in terms of throwing, uh, the best passer in the draft. Obviously, so did the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I don't love the receiving core, but they have enough guys that I think they could cobble something together with Thielen, uh, Mingo, the rookie Chark going deep. You still have Marshall who broke out somewhat last year and, uh, and Chenault as well. So you have enough guys Hayden Hurst at tight end um, to, to, to kind of get them through here. I think the O-line will be solid. Um, So, you know, young for me at QB 24, if he exceeds expectations, I think efficiency wise, uh, you know, he could break into the top 20, you know, maybe even into the you know mid-teens. Whereas Richardson, I think you really are looking at him probably to go to, what, QB 8, 7, 8. Like, uh, that's probably his ceiling. So I think in terms of this draft, I'm going to have to go young here, even though I love the upside of Richardson uh, more than any other quarterback in this draft. I think in terms of ADP value, uh, young uh, is going to be my choice. 
Yeah, like I, I don't know why I let you go first there. I, I would have taken Bryce Young. Um, you know, he's compared to Kyler Murray just based on his size, but he doesn't rush as much as Kyler. Uh, certainly, he's gonna you know scramble a bit, but he's he's more of a pocket passer than people realize, and he's he's really polished. I think he's gonna be really good as a rookie. Uh, he, if anything, he's gonna be sort of like in between a Kyler Murray and a Russell Wilson type, where you know he. He has rushing upside, but he has a strong arm. Like, he's a legit passer. So, I would have taken him here first. Uh, I let you get him. Um, and this morning, Anthony Richardson was QB 14. So, I was going off of that. QB 13 is <laughs> <laughs> a little bit rich, but uh, I'm going to have to go with Anthony Richardson for my first pick just because I think there is room to grow uh, a bit more. Um, and his ADP is going up because it does look like he has the inside track for the week one job. I think that's that's key if you're taking him at QB 13. He definitely has to start within mm-hmm. the first couple of games, and that's it looks like that's what's going to happen. And, you know, while he's definitely raw as a passer, uh, you know, he has uh, some of the best rushing upside I've seen heading into his rookie season. So he's probably just going to lean on that even more, kind of like Justin Fields did last season. Um, so I think we got to treat Richardson kind of like Jalen Hurts when he was first starting out, like, Massive rushing upside. Maybe the passing numbers won't be there, but in fantasy football, that doesn't matter. So he he has a ton of upside. I think once it's like official, if it becomes official that he's starting week one, I think his ADP might jump up to like QB 11, somewhere in that range. So I think it can only go up. But like you said, his ceiling probably is maybe like QB 7 or so. But either way, compared to the other quarterbacks, he has a clear path to getting there. Uh, so that's why he's he's going to be my first pick. How many rushing attempts per game you have him projected for, roughly? Um, just off the top of my head, I would say like around eight or so. I mean, it could be more, could be less, but I, I think eight is right about where I, where I'm thinking. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm a little closer to nine. Um, yeah, you know, just kind of looking at a scramble rate in college, and you know, I do think he'll he'll get you know five to six design runs per game. That's kind of where Hurts and and Fields and those guys have kind of been. Uh, early on in their careers, so yeah, little 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 over eight, closer to nine. But yeah, I think that's really going to be a strength because I, I've said this before. I, I think the likelihood, like I know, I think Hertz started a little better throwing the ball um, as, in a, mm. as a rookie than a guy like Justin Fields, and I think Richardson will probably be closer to Fields in, in terms of yeah. um, how the passing numbers look. Like I have his completion rate around fifty eight percent. Um, in year one, you know, that's something that, you know, he struggled with and and he's probably going to go down the field. So uh, you, you are going to see, I think, some inconsistency throwing the ball, but that also gives you the chance for some big plays. Uh, so, you know, a lot to like with with Richardson, especially if he starts uh, week one. Then I think he's a slam dunk and he has a, you know, I mean, you would take Richardson over Daniel Jones. Would you say if he started week one or how would you have those two um... guys? Yeah, they're they're close. I I would go Richardson, um, and yeah, it looks like I do have him around like nine point one rush attempts per okay. game. Yep. Um, yeah, he's similar to Daniel Jones, but with a couple more rush attempts per game. So, uh, I, I just like the upside, and this is the range where you kind of want to go for upside if you're in a one QB league anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely take Richardson over Daniel Jones right now. And do you think the potential of Jonathan Taylor? not playing for the coast this year would help or hurt 
Richardson's raw numbers. Like obviously as a develop from a development standpoint, you'd probably like to have that that guy in the backfield that's, you know, commanding attention. But do you think like if they don't have Taylor, do they throw the ball more even with Richardson? Or how do you think that would potentially yeah, shake out? It's interesting. It'd go either way, right? I, I think I would prefer to have Jonathan Taylor there just so that the it keeps the defense honest. Like, you know, having a Zach Moss is completely different situation. So um, I think having Taylor would help, but yeah, maybe maybe if Taylor's not there, uh, they're more likely to play Richardson more and let him run. I, I don't know what. Like, do you have any angle on that? Because I, I could go either way on that. I think it actually might help uh, with the volume. I don't know if it'll help with the efficiency, but I think with Richardson, I am worried about the pass volume a little bit. So um, I might be willing to trade that because I mean, if you just have what Moss and Hull and. Deion Jackson or who they just signed, Kenyon Drake. I don't know how you run the ball, you know, 25, 27 times, 30 times uh, a game with those guys. But if you have Taylor, you know, he could take, he could average 20 calories a game for them. So yeah, I think for the, for the sake of fantasy, I'd probably slightly prefer if Taylor wasn't there, but um, it'll probably be a smoother year for Richardson. Uh, if obviously if Taylor is, <laughs> Yeah, uh, lining up in that backfield come week one. All right, so Bryce Young, Richardson. The other two quarterbacks, by the way, that are, are getting drafted with ADPs are C.J. Stroud at QB 26 and Will Levis at QB 34. And then we'll use uh, QB 42 for all of the mm-hmm. other uh, quarterbacks that aren't that don't have an ADP uh, over the last two weeks. So with my third pick, huh? This is interesting. So this is going to come down, I think, for me to, to Stroud versus Levis. Um, hmm. I, I'm going to go Stroud because I'm, I've been saying that I don't – I'm not sold on the fact that Levis is going to take over for Tannehill. I, I'm not sold on the fact that they have any intention to do that. I just think this was more of a kind of an inju- injury protection um, because last year you saw what happened when once Tannehill went yeah. down – you know, they were a 500 team, give or take with Tannehill. And that was with a ton of other injuries and uh, whatnot. But without Tannehill, I believe they didn't win a game. Malik Willis could not throw the football. Josh Dobbs could sign off the street. So even though you are getting a little better of a value from ADP with Levis going outside the top 30, I think Stroud, it's kind of like Bryce Young. Like I think Stroud should start from week one, most likely. And he has a chance at least to be a little more efficient than maybe we think. I don't think this Houston team is trying to tank this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be a little more competitive since they have all of those uh, picks tied up in Arizona next year. <laughs> but, you know, Stroud, the, the the thing about him is, you know, it's really going to come down to, you know, can he develop chemistry with, with this wide receiving core, which we also really haven't seen together. I mean, it's an all new receiving core with, except for Nico Collins, really with Robert Woods, uh, Mechie, Tank Dell, Noah Brown is there. Dalton Schultz is there. Um, so, it, you know, there are definitely some concerns with Stroud, I think, compared to Young, especially since Young uh, is a better passer. But if I'm comparing Stroud to a, a guy like like Will Levis, I, I still think Stroud uh, just has more upside of starting games. Like Will Levis uh, may not start yeah. any games if Tannehill stays healthy. So I still got to go with Stroud. Uh, it's It's somewhat close here, but... Uh, I still like a lot of uh, things I saw with Stroud. I and you know Justin Fields kind of giving us some hope with these uh, Ohio State quarterbacks recently. So uh, yeah, 
don't, not expecting as big a things from Stroud as young, but still going to take him as my uh, second pick and third overall here. Yeah, no, I think that that was a no-brainer call. I think Stroud, obviously, going to start right away. I think uh, he has NFL-ready accuracy. I think his accuracy is his main asset, which is huge because he's mm-hmm. more of a pocket passer than the other two quarterbacks we talked about. So yes. he's going to have to hit the ground running. He might have some bumps along the way, but yeah, like he's he's the last quarterback on this list that we can project safely for yes. you know twelve or more starts. So. I would have taken Stroud there. Um, it's wide open after him, and I don't like uh, Will Levis at QB 34, but I'm going to have to take him just because, um, you know, there is the belief that he might make some starts over the last few weeks of the season. I'm not one of those people either. I, I'm with you. I think Ryan Tannehill will start as long as he's healthy and as long as the Titans are have a chance of making the playoffs. So there's a very real chance Levis won't start – games this year but out of all these other quarterbacks he does have at least a path to make starts towards the end of the season if you know the titans are out of the playoff hunt um and having you know deandre hopkins there is huge so if levin's levis does take over at least he has you know a talented pass catcher in him he has chig of course Traylon burks um so you know he has the most upside of the rest of these guys but i, I don't expect them to really start more than a handful of games if that so um after him though it's it's really slim pickings you can't really project any of these guys to start more than one game if that so I, i'm just gonna have to go with levis just because i'm projecting him for about two starts or so um but yeah qb 34 that's that's what you get in that range you're, you're not taking guys that are like guaranteed starts and what did you just what's your general opinion of levis and, and what he did at kentucky because i personally wasn't very impressed uh, with him, you know, his quarterback was, uh, his QBR, excuse me, was about 69. That's 44th percentile. It's not great. Um, you know, I just didn't really see anything watching him that it was like, it, that blew me away. But, um, you know, what did you think? Yeah, no, I was, I was on the negative end of things. Uh, you know, he, he does have some talent, um, and some upside kind of like a Carson Wentz, I guess you'd think like, no one you really get excited for, but he might have some flashes at times, but mainly it's going to be below average, I think. But um, I, I wasn't shocked to see him fall um, at the draft because, yeah, he, he doesn't have all the tools some of these other quarterbacks have. Uh, but he is he is a project, and I think that's the plan, right, is they'll probably give him extensive run, you know, in the preseason because they're, they're probably evaluating him uh, and the team for 2024 and beyond. So I think getting him as many reps as possible in the preseason makes a ton of sense because he's not – I don't know if he's NFL-ready yet. Um, so he, he he's one of those guys that has all the skills you kind of like to have in a quarterback, but he hasn't put it together. Um, so I, I'm more on the negative end uh, with him. But, again, like once once we see him in the preseason, I think that's going to help see how you know he's transitioning to the NFL. But um, I, I wasn't shocked to see him fall uh, in the draft. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, yeah, I think the hype, you know, and I, and I could be wrong. You know, it's tough to evaluate quarterbacks, but just from yeah. what I've, see, I've seen, uh, I don't. This is not a guy that strikes me as a guy that's going to beat out Tannehill. Uh, the Titans' last four games are Houston, Seattle, Houston, Jacksonville, so they're <laughs> almost certainly not going to be out of the playoff picture. Yeah, with with two games, three divisional games in the last four, uh, two against Houston. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, you know, and Tannehill has gotten hurt and what is he now? 35, 35? Yeah. 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 So he's, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a chance that he gets hurt and, 
you know, that's how Levis comes into some value. Yeah, it is his age 35 season. But, yeah, barring that, um, just nothing really to me stood out what he did in Kentucky. He's a bigger, you know, bigger guy, 6'4", about 230. You would think he would be really good deep passer, but his his deep numbers in 2022 were uh, well below average. Well, he can throw it far. He can throw yeah, it he can far. throw Not it accurate, far, but, but exactly can, that's kind of the issue, <laughs> right? So and yeah, he can he can move around a little bit. Um, you know what I mean? It's not, you know, he could definitely move, yeah. but it, yeah, again, there's just nothing that I'm really loving, uh, with, uh, with Levis here, but. All right. Where the hell are you going next? Now, uh, yeah. Now it gets really dicey. Now it gets super <laughs> dicey. Uh, so just, let me just, uh, name some of the guys who are on the board here. Uh, obviously Thompson Robinson, who we talked about was a fifth rounder out of UCLA. Clayton Toon was a, a fifth rounder out of Houston on the Cardinals, Thompson on the, on the Browns, obviously. You got uh, Stetson Bennett out of Georgia. He was a fourth-round pick of the Rams. Aiden O'Connell, a fourth-round pick of the Raiders, was there, is on the board. Hendon Hooker's uh, not going to play this year, it looks like, yeah. but uh, he was a third-rounder out of Tennessee. And then you got some uh, – Jake Hayner was a fourth-rounder at Fresno State that went to the Saints. Uh, Jaron Hall, Vikings, fifth-rounder from BC. Uh, BYU Tanner McKee on the Eagles sounds like he's having a good camp six rounder out of Stanford and uh, Max Dugan TCU was a seventh rounder he went to the Chargers <sighs> when I look at the this list of guys and I say okay you know if we're talking redraft <laughs> none uh, right uh, well so <laughs> you know Thompson Robinson I think is interesting because I think he could potentially jump Josh Dobbs and then mm-hmm you know, be that QB two if Watson, if something happens to Watson. Uh, Tune is interesting because we're hearing Colt McCoy might not be ready for week one. So I, I think he's interesting. Uh, and then, you know, they, the Packers released Danny Etling. So Clifford is definitely, it looks like he's going to be the backup to, to Jordan Love. O'Connell, I guess the upside with him would be Jimmy Garoppolo always gets hurt, but you got Hoyer in front of him. So I am going to have to I'm going to have to go with Tune because I think he has the best. He could make a week one or he could make a couple starts yeah. early in the year. Uh, I think that's uh, like um, and he you know he can move around. He scrambled about just over eight percent of the time in his career, uh, just over nine percent of the time uh, in his final season uh, in Houston in 2022. About two thousand yards over and fifteen touchdowns over his five year career uh, in Houston. So you know that's you know, give me a guy who can run around and might might just start yeah. uh, in week one. So, uh, yeah, Clay. And if they if the car we've talked about this, you know, if the Cardinals are struggling, you know, how soon? You know, what do they do with Kyler Murray? Do they, you know, do they do they not bring him back as fast? Or if he is back but he's not one hundred percent, do they just kind of shut him down again? That also could lead to more starts later in the year for two. Because remember, the Cardinals are projected to have the worst record in the national football league. Yep. So I don't see why you would start Colt McCoy in, in like week 15, if you're two and 12 or something like that. So yeah, I'm going to go Clayton tune here. The uh, fifth rounder out of Houston. Yeah, no, I, I would have gone with him too, because he he's the one that has the clearest path to playing time. Like you said, they might have no choice and have to start in week one um, since Colt McCoy is hurt as well. So 
Uh, yeah, so he he's the most likely one to get some starts, and he more importantly he has rushing upside. So if he yeah. does get starts, you know he can eke out some points. But yeah, he, he would have been the last guy that I'm projecting for more than a game uh, started. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna have to get sneaky here. I'm gonna go with uh, Aiden O'Connell uh, mm-hmm. on the Raiders. He's their fourth round pick out of Purdue. Um, I, I think he's sneaky here because there there also is a path for him to getting playing time this year because you know he he's battling out. Brian Hoyer uh, to, to see who's going to back up Jimmy G this year. Uh, and as we know, Jimmy G's just never been able to stay healthy for a full season. He's already dealing with injuries, you know, heading into the season. Um, so there's a non-zero chance that uh, Jimmy G will get injured this year and miss some games. And also, you know, Jimmy G could struggle in this new offense. Uh, it could warrant a benching. Who knows? But there is a chance. There's a path for Aiden O'Connell to get some starts this year. And I think he's a pretty solid prospect you know he started all four seasons at at Purdue so he has a ton of experience um he could be sort of like this year's Brock Purdy I think where uh he could surprise some people I I think he is polished enough to start games in NFL um you know and he's he's on a team that they they could be horrible this year they could you know by the end of the season want to see what they have in O'Connell even if Jimmy G's healthy so there's at least pass for O'Connell to get playing time this year. And he's a fourth round prospect. He's not bad. So um, I, I think out of all the remaining guys, he, he's probably the best bet to actually see starts this year. Yeah. Anytime you're talking, I mean, and cause Jimmy G not only does he struggle to play full seasons, but Brian Hoyer is just old, very old. Yeah, like, What do you need to see Brian Hoyer for at this point? Yeah. I mean, knowing Josh McDaniels, he's been with <laughs> Hoyer for what decades now. Like yeah. Hoyer will definitely get that first crack at the Centuries. job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But the Lord. Um, yeah. There's there's enough. Like, I mean, Hoyer's an injury risk at this point in his career too. So, uh, yeah. There's enough there. I think with uh, with O'Connell to to kind of warrant some uh, to warrant a look here. Uh, the only thing with him is he doesn't really move around that much. I think he scrambled like under two percent of the time. Right. At, yeah. Uh, he would at have Purdue. to be like Brock Purdy level of efficient, um, and he doesn't have the benefit of being in a Kyle Shanahan offense surrounded by. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk. But all things considered, the remaining quarterbacks, he's the best bet at being that kind of like diamond in the rough. All right. <laughs> who do you got? got? So we got one I more. I, know who, I, I know who you're going with here. I know who you're going with. It's either DTR or Clifford. It's definitely one of those two guys. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I loved what I saw out of DTR. I also feel like that's recency bias. Um, but I, I'm going to go Clifford here because. The only other quarterback on the roster besides him and Love is Alex McHugh. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, who was a – he's a journeyman 2018 draft pick from Seattle. Seventh round pick out of Seattle. Uh, went to FIU. But I, I think that, you know, Jordan Love, it, the plan is for him to start no matter what. But if he goes down, uh, I think you see what you have in Clifford here who was a, you know, fifth round pick out of Penn State. Uh, not really a big guy or anything like that, but uh, you know, did does have above average uh, me- measurables in terms of his speed. Ran a, a, a forty in the eighty fourth percentile. Uh, he does scramble enough, you know, not a little more than average, so he can move around. And you know, you look at this Packer team, and it's just a whole bunch of young guys all over the uh, the skill positions on offense. So it's another situation where I think. You know, any if love if love gets hurt, if anything like that happens, you're gonna you're gonna you're just gonna go with Clifford. And even maybe you know, there's even a a 
long shot chance that maybe love is completely horrible for some i don't think he will be right. horrible but if he's horrible and you're and the packers just really bottom out this year you know maybe you do look at clifford in week you know 15 16 17 18 one of those weeks so um just just looking at this packer depth chart i i gotta go with clifford here just because he's already the number two uh quarterback and uh whereas dtr i you know Good chance to beat out Dobbs, but mm-hmm. um, Dobbs has been in Cleveland before, you know, so, you know, there's a chance he doesn't. There's a chance he's kind of just a preseason star. So uh, I'm going to go with Clifford here. Yeah, I think that makes sense. He just has a clear clearer path to playing time. Um, but I, I think, God, c- considering between Stenson Bennett and DTR <laughs> – Holy yeah. moly. Um, I'm going to go with DTR, though. Yes, do um, it. I, I just think that, you know, he does have – he has an uphill battle. I think he, he absolutely has passed Kellamon to be at least the third quarterback um, on the, the Browns' depth chart. But like you said, I think he does have the upside to, to leapfrog uh, Josh Dobbs. Um, he's kind of who Josh Dobbs was like seven years ago when he entered the league, when he was a bit younger. You know, Dobbs is a – rushing type of quarterback uh now he's a bit older doesn't have the same speed but dtr i mean you saw it in the hall of fame game he, he's got it he, he was actually more impressive as a passer than i thought um so he at least has the upside to potentially back up deshaun watson and again you know he has that rushing upside so if he does happen to get a spot spark start he could put up some points so um, we're really, you know, grasping at straws down here, but I think DTR has, um, you know, the, the rushing upside and sort of the path needed uh, to be the last pick of this draft. I can't go Stenson Bennett. I just can't. Yeah, let's talk about Stenson Bennett. You know, just for people that don't know, I mean, well, you know, DTR, he was he was a baller at UCLA. Like, I, I actually yeah. thought I thought he was one of the better quarterbacks. You know, one of the fastest guys in the draft uh, at quarterback, a four point five six forty. Uh, his QBR was uh, just under eighty two, so that was very good. Uh, as well, so he was a uh, he was a true dual threat. Um, undersized yeah, had to guy. Deal with him, they had to deal with him and Zach Charbonnet at the same time. Yep, yep. scary stuff. Yeah, so I, de- I definitely like what I saw out of him. You know, you could tell he has he has something in him, um, and, and yeah. he's probably he's probably going to be around. And like I don't, I I think at this point probably has to make the active roster whether he's just QB two or three because you're not sneaking him through the practice squad or anything like that. Right. Uh, but Bennett. You know, he was drafted before pretty much all these other guys outside of uh, you know the top the top four here and and Hendon Hooker. Yeah. But is like, do you think he do you think he is the front runner for this backup job in year one, or do you think it's going to be Brett Rippin, a guy who just has kind of been around a little bit more, a little more traditional uh, quarterback? Because Bennett's way undersized; he's five eleven, yeah. uh, under two hundred pounds. And uh, and he's also on the older side, right? He's, I think this is gonna, he's twenty six this year, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So you know, what are your thoughts on on Bennett? Yeah, I mean, well, the reason he went in the fourth round is just because the Rams probably reached for him. Um, so at least they <laughs> right. like him. So I think that yeah, like if if Matthew Stafford goes down, their their season's probably lost anyway. Um, you know what? Do, what do you stand to gain by sending Bet Ripian out there? So I think they they could throw Stetson Bennett out there just to see what he has. Cause again, he's always overachieved. Like, you know, he, he was a walk on at Georgia and led them to two national titles. So, um, you know, that might warrant a look in the NFL, but like you said, I, I just think he's too undersized. Um, I, I don't think he'll translate to the NFL pretty well, but you know, we've seen crazier things. So 
again, the fact that the Rams spent fourth round draft capital on him means they do view him highly. So that's all that matters, right? So I, I think that he does have a legit chance to be Stafford's backup. And again, we're about to see, uh, you know, potentially in person, see him in person uh, in his first preseason game. If he plays well, I don't see why he couldn't, you know, get the backup job. So it's he definitely has a path to become the backup, and then he's a Stafford injury way of getting starts. Yeah, it's like I, I do like you going DTR over uh, Bennett, though, because when I look at DTR, I say, okay, if Deshaun Watson goes down, DTR can run the same offense, right? Whereas, like, if Stafford goes down – I feel like Rippon would be the one that could run that offense. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Bennett, you would have to change the offense uh, a little more for him. So that I do like that, you know, going in like a yeah. guy like DTR's favor over a guy like Bennett um, and, and the size. I mean, that's, it is, it is kind of weird to have a guy with 5'11", 192. I mean, yeah, that is. And old. That's, that's, that's like just sending yeah. me out there. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Right, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's just, <laughs> just draft you with the, uh, the last pick. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, yeah. And, and then he, and then Jake Hayner, I mean, he's going to be, you know, fourth round out of Fresno State, went to the mm-hmm. Saints, but you still have Jameis on that team. And, yeah. you know, that you still have, yeah, obviously, Carr is going to get his, you know, got, got the big money. He's going to get all the chances, but you also have Taysom. So, I mean, this guy Hayner, it's probably going to be a redshirt year uh, for yeah. him. Uh, Jaron Hall. I mean, yeah, he's the you know Kirk Cousins nope. doesn't uh, <laughs> doesn't miss games. Uh, McKee, I heard he's having a good camp, but you got Hurts, you got Mariota, so I mean, you know that's yeah, brutal. Yeah, that's I mean, great great supporting cast. If he ever did happen to get you know get, get a start, oh I, yeah, I no shit, <laughs> it would be solid. But uh, yeah, and then you know Dugan in in uh, L.A. Yeah, Dugan is, Dugan's interesting. He's I mean, he's an athlete. He he would be a hell of a Russian quarterback, but I think um, he's considering like they might consider moving him to like wide receiver or something. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if he's going to make it as a quarterback. So he's got to figure something out. And then Hendon Hooker, um, you know, I I was holding out hope that he might potentially be available at the end of the season, but the, the Teddy Bridgewater signing just leads me to think that they're saying we're keeping Hooker on ice uh, for the, the, it's going to be a red shirt season for him. I just thought that the Bridgewater signing was the the nail in the coffin on that. Yeah, he's he's not playing. It doesn't sound yeah. like he's playing this year. Um, but going back to Dugan, he actually is at least somewhat intriguing because I mean the only guy behind Herbert is Easton Stick, who <laughs> has really yeah. never done much of anything to warrant being, uh, you know, this important of a backup. So. You know, if if somehow Dugan was able to get in there, I mean, the supporting cast is amazing in, in L.A. So that's a guy right. who, you know, if we were picking a couple more picks, I'd probably have to take him uh, uh, next. Just take him in preseason DFS. Just oh, do I, that. I shall. Yeah. I definitely will. I definitely will. go off there. But, yeah. That will be interesting. To, maybe we'll see him uh, this Saturday as well. Yeah. Chargers Rams, baby. Scout all these but, shitty uh, quarterbacks. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most quarterbacks are shitty that's, that play that in the is, preseason. That is true. Uh, all right. Let me uh, recap this uh, draft again. This is uh, it, drafting for value above ADP for this season. So that's what makes it tough, especially after the first few picks. But I started with Bryce Young, QB 24. Then Sean went Anthony Richardson, QB 13. Uh, I went Stroud at QB 26. Sean went Will Levis at QB 34. Then I went Clayton Toon 
Uh, he's undrafted and he is a fifth rounder. I went to the Cardinals. Sean went Aiden O'Connell of the Raiders. Uh, then I went Sean Clifford of the Packers, and Sean ended it with Dorian Thompson-Robinson of the Browns. So that is going to wrap it up for our Fantasy Flex Rookie Quarterback Fantasy Preview for 2023. Our Rookie Running Back and Wide Receiver episodes are already up, and uh, those I think are, are a lot more useful because there's just a lot of guys uh, that could mm-hmm. potentially factor in uh, at those two positions for this year. Uh, we, we will drop the tight end episode uh, later on in the week next, so stay tuned for that. And you can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. And be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our 2023 season-long fantasy rankings as well. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.